Welcome to ShopCast, a weekly podcast where we answer questions about some of the most important values of the growing prayer movement in Canada. My name is Emily and joining me today as always is Brian Creary, Director of Sanctuary House of Prayer in Winnipeg and also my dad. Good morning. Good morning, Emily. Hey, so last time we talked in our last episode, you ended by saying when we were talking about friendship with Jesus and loving God with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength, your comment was something like, well, that raises some concerns and some questions, but I guess we'll get to it next time. I think today's episode is going to help. So uh, as you give us the first question, I think that this discussion is going to address some of those and help us move forward. So fire away. Okay. Well, my question is, if we don't bother to love God with all of our strengths or fail to do it well in our minds or whatever, does it really matter? Like, is it that big of a deal? And what does the Lord actually think about us? Does he still love us even though we're trying? Or if we, if we, even if we're not really trying, what does he think about us? Hmm. I think what you're describing right now is almost the central issue, particularly of your generation, that there is a wrestle right now in the hearts of young young people, especially young men and young women, to try to understand how God feels about them. And it's defining how they walk out their journey with God. It's kind of a universally human problem. I bet you it's every nation of the earth. But there's this real brokenness in our culture right now that causes us to think, I'm not sure God actually likes me. I mean, the Bible says, you know, he loves me like God loved the whole world and gave his son. But I'm not sure he really likes me. And if he doesn't like me, then I got to earn his favor somehow. And so then verses like love the Lord your God with your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength become burdens that you have to carry. They become this thing that I better do this right because if I don't, he's not going to like me. He's not going to love me. He's not going to allow me to come near him. And the amount of times I've heard stories of people since I've moved to this province, you know, 24 years ago, uh, where I heard the, I heard a story something like this, you know, grew up in a home, father was a hard worker, uh, not overly demanding, but, you know, a strong dad that expected certain things to be done correctly. If the, the son or daughter did the work that was required, they heard nothing. If they didn't do it correctly or if they failed to do it at all, then they heard plenty from a dad who was very demanding and had high expectations for what he expected from their kids. And what it produced in them was that was a thinking related to God. If I'm trying to serve him and I'm failing and I know I'm failing, I'm going to hear it from it. He's, he's going to be after me. I'm going to get the, the punishment. I'm going to get the, the chiding. I'm going to, I'm going to get the, the hammer at points if I'm not careful. And if I don't hear anything, I guess I'm doing okay, but I don't feel close to him. I just feel like somehow I'm attaining. And that's, it's everywhere. And especially in this younger generation, it's really present. Isn't actually biblical though. Is what I described actually biblical, or is there a reason in the Bible to understand that God does like us, and I'm going to use the term delight in us, even when we're not doing well? But can you can you think of any examples in the scripture or any ways in which you could validate that, or is that, do you just go blank when I when I give you that idea? What about God delighting in us or enjoying us, in, even when we're in our weakness? Well... 
Probably just like Jesus dying on the cross is a good one. That is a good one. <laughs> See, now you say that and you laugh like, like you know, that sounds kind of obvious. I didn't even want to bring it up. Oh, my gosh. Think about what you just said. It's an enormous statement. Mm-hmm. I mean, how much does the Lord love us? That okay, think Now, think about this for a second. God needs nothing. Nothing. He doesn't need us. He doesn't need our help. He is complete within himself. And yet he goes the extra step to create us in his image so that we could relate to him. Then when we fall away from him, because we are so weak, he turns around and pursues us to the point where he takes on human form. Human form, by the way, that he keeps forever. Did you know that? That Jesus is in heaven as a man? That he doesn't give up, he didn't give up his humanity, but he still continues to exist as a human and will forever. He's one of us. That on the throne in heaven there's a human and not just a, not just God, but the God and man together. And then he does all of that. Then he lives on the earth for 33 years, 30 of which nobody even knows that he's there. And every day he gets up and has his breakfast and learns how to talk, learns how to read. He learns how to write. He, he learns how to do carpentry. He becomes friends with people. He's, he's a good son. He's a good uh, uh, brother. Uh, he's a good neighbor. He's all of those things. And he's the creator God of heaven who's here for a mission and a purpose. And nobody knows that he's here. I mean, he doesn't need anything, and he's doing all of that. You cannot tell me that God does not like us already. At a point when we didn't have any interest in him at all, we were completely rebellious, doing our own thing. So there's an author that I've been reading recently. He's uh, named Christopher West, and he wrote this great book called Fill These Hearts. And he's got a phrase that sort of describes the relationship that we have with the Lord. I love this. He said, you can only ever say to God, I love you too. You can never say I love you first because he always loved us first. That no matter what we think or no matter how we think we're coming to him and whether we think we're worthy of it, he's already ahead of us. He already has demonstrated he's got great love and enjoyment and delight in us. Even when we were enemies of his, even when we didn't care, even when we didn't express devotion to him, even when we didn't do any of it right, even when when nobody was fasting, nobody was praying, nobody was reading their Bible, nobody was acting in a loving way, nobody was taking the time, God loved you first. Powerful, powerful statement that should permeate the way we think about our lives. But the dilemma is, as you've already described, people don't feel that, right? They don't feel the impact of that. And so now they're walking it out mostly with the perspective of a human father or human experiences. And they're thinking to themselves, I, I know what I'm like on the inside. I know how little I do well. He couldn't possibly like me. So therefore, I know he's disappointed and he's going to say something to me and I'm going to get in trouble. Don't give me all this God loves me stuff because I know my weaknesses and I know what I'm like. But but what's the answer to that? It's funny because like he's not surprised by any of it. Exactly. Because he he knows me through and through. It's not like I have to go hide and be like, oh, if he figures this out, I'm going to be in trouble. He already knows it. He already knew I was going to do it before I did it. That is exactly (laughs) right. And is he troubled by you that you are weak in your journey in him and that you can't do it perfectly? Does that trouble him? No. Does he think, oh man, Emily, (laughs) I don't know what to do with her. Is he bothered by that in his perfect greatness and his transcendent knowledge and understanding and love? No, he's not bothered by that. He doesn't like your sin. Doesn't like the fact that you keep falling. He doesn't want you to live in immaturity or in weakness for the rest of your days. He wants to bring you forth into communion with him so that you can really be with him and like him. 
But he's not troubled by you. Mm. He likes you. Like when I think about it, I think that like that idea of that he doesn't like my sin in the sense that like sometimes you can think about it as like he's stern and he's like, oh, why did she do that again? Like I hate, I hate sin or whatever, mm-hmm. right? But it's like, I don't like that you're sinning because like I'm doing it out of love. Like I want you to not sin so that we can be closer and that because sin puts a barrier between us and it's not like I'm like whacking you every time you sin. It's just that like sin puts a barrier between us. Yeah. It's not like this stern attitude towards sin. Mm -hmm. It's just like out of love and compassion. Yeah. It's hard to feel that sometimes when you're in the middle of it. Of course, because you really are in touch with your weakness. You know, if you're thinking about trying to do it right at all, you're in touch with it. But here, here's a mysterious thing about it. And I, I say this to young people every once in a while because they don't necessarily feel the impact of this, what I'm about to say. But I, I want you to think about this. And if you're listening to this podcast, just stop for a second and say, Lord, is what you was what he's about to say true? Can you make this thing have more of an impact on my heart and on my mind? Here's the statement. The fact at, that you care at all that you want to do it right is an indicator that God is already present in your life and working on your behalf to bring you forward into him. So what I mean by that is most of the world doesn't care if they sin at all. Mm. Think about it. People are sinning all the time, completely guilt-free. They just do what they want. They just make their way through life. They don't have any issues with it. They steal and cheat and, you know, and do all kinds of things. There's violence. There's all kinds of issues and nobody's troubled by that. But for those of us that are, when we walk in this journey, we feel that impact in our hearts. We think, oh, I'm failing. And it's what it actually is, is a direct result of God in your life already working. He's created the desire in you to want to live rightly. Mm-hmm. You've touched him. And now you're like, I can't do this anymore. I have to, I have to change my ways. I've got to be more like him. I want to move closer to him. I want to feel accepted to him. It's mutated at the beginning. And so that's why you feel like, oh, I'm failing and he's not going to like me. But it, it should be the other way around. Every time you feel like, oh, I'm such a dummy, I can't believe I did that, you should rejoice and go, yes, Lord, you are in me. You are working in my life and you are causing me to hate sin and to want to do it right and live a right life to pursue you. You're here, you're in me. Thank you, Jesus, that you're working in my life and you're producing these desires in my heart. This is evidence that you're already at work. That's That should be good news. Very true. There's been times where I'm like, oh man, I feel like I'm, I don't even feel bad anymore. Yeah. You know, and that's way more terrifying than feeling bad that you sinned. Sure. Like I want to feel bad so that I know that he's trying to get me out of it. Not that I like just don't care anymore because then I'm just like everybody else in the world. Right. And I mean, he doesn't just want to get you out of it so you stop sinning. He wants you near to him. Mm-hmm. His ultimate goal is communion with you. And so he just knows you're dragged this way and that by all these things. Let's get all these things out of the way. Emily, I want I want you to see me so that the magnificent obsession of your life is me. And then you you won't care about all that other junk. And you'll grow and you'll be, become more mature and you'll move on into him. But He's actively working even now. It's such good news. He delights in us even when we're not doing it perfectly. He likes us in our journey. 
you don't have to earn anything, but you have an invitation to come with him and to go closer, which is, you know, we'll talk about in future episodes, this whole idea that we want to abide with him, that Jesus actually said, come and abide, come and be near me, come and spend the time locked into me and watch and see what happens. Mm. But that's coming later. Okay. I have just a short question. You yeah. probably answer it yes or no. But when Jesus was on the earth, considering that he was like fully God, fully man, and he was perfect without blemish, he still lived in the world of sin and everything. So I guess I'm going to answer my own question. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. He was like tempted by the devil and everything. So it's not like... He's not surprised by me falling short and everything because he was even on the earth and had to live in sin and everything and be around sin. Mm -hmm. And so he's felt like, every temptation. Yeah, exactly. He's felt the pressure of it. Okay. <laughs> you know, you don't realize how much pressure you're under. Mm -hmm. We have no idea. I think we're going to come out of this life and we're going to enter into the heavenly realm and it's going to be like coming out from, you know, like when you try to run when you're in the pool, you know, and you're mm -hmm. trying to move your legs and it's so hard to move and you're just under such pressure. I think we're going to pop out of this age and it's just going to be off of us and we're going to run so free. It's going to be so easy. It's, comparatively, that's how it's going to feel because we are under such weight and such pressure from our own weakness and from the enemy and from the culture that we live in. And we're trying and we're saying, Jesus, we love you. Help us. And the Lord says, I've seen it all. I've experienced it all. And I am helping you right mm -hmm. now. And then the, what I want you to have more than anything is communion with me. Come and be as close as you can because that's where it's going forever anyway. Nice. That's very uh, comforting to know that he already like went through it. It's not just like he's on the outside saying, well, do it right. Exactly. <laughs> like he knows personally. So, well, for those of you listening, you can find more on this topic and others on our website, sanctuaryhop.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.